Welcome to the Daily Business Hustle Podcast. My name is Alexander Vitkin. I'm the creator and founder of the Daily Business Hustle. On this podcast, I share with you my top unbiased business advice, sales advice, and I talk to the world's top experts in their fields related to business. Today, we're going to be talking about productivity. I'm sure that people love this topic and there's a lot of interest that has been shown in this topic. So let's get started. So I'm going to delve quite deep into it. It's going to be a webinar about one hour. So I hope you freed up some time. And at the end, you can uh, ask me some questions. There's a Q&A session. So let's dive right into it. So what should we? What should you know when you dive into productivity? Productivity isn't just like, oh, how do I organize my day? Productivity is actually while you're working, getting stuff done and working effectively and using your time optimally okay so it's not just like oh put stuff in your calendar and then hope it works there's a lot more to it than that it's a whole science there's uh, many scientific studies done on that and i'm going to be using some of them some books as well uh all the stuff that i've learned throughout the years and that i implement myself as well so this is going to be highly uh results focused workshop and we're going to really delve deep into what works for me and what will work for you hopefully as well. So, so the concept that we I'd first like to discuss is called homeostasis. So you tend to do things that you got a certain level of success with. So we're creatures of comfort, you could say. We're people who, well, people in general, we like to do stuff we just got used to and we just like to stay at the same level and not get too much out of our comfort zone, not to do too many new things. But you will find that to become truly productive, to truly get to the next level and multiply your productivity times 10 or more, you need to step out of that comfort zone and trick yourself to keep stepping out of that comfort zone. It's a very, very important skill that you need to develop to trick your own brain, to trick your own physiology. If you learn how to do this properly, if you learn proper productivity methods, tactics, and strategies, then you will find that you can reach any level and any skill and stuff like business success uh, or any success in life, it becomes much easier to achieve, including like gym, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very powerful technique. So that's why I'm talking about this stuff today. So the first kind of tip that I'd like to share with you is the myth of uh, multitasking. I'm sure you've read, you've probably read about this before, but I need to mention this in the beginning of any productivity video or webinar that I do, is that multitasking kills productivity. It's just literally like the opposite of productivity is multitasking. And this has been found over and over in multitude of scientific studies, and you can read it in a million books. But that's the, you know, we need to get started with that because it's the most important thing that I can tell you. If you take away just one thing from this whole webinar, which is an hour long, that is stop multitasking. So I will go into 11 tips right now that will help you direct your focus and attention to your most important tasks and finish them faster and stop losing time. Now, I, I, I've mentioned this before in other webinars and other YouTube videos that the most important thing in our lives right now isn't money or anything like that. The most important is sought after, um, let's call it, well, currency 
really is time because time you can put turn time into anything you can turn time into money you can turn time into new skills and so on businesses have figured out a long time ago that if you get people's time if you get people's attention you can always turn it into money that's why companies like Instagram etc they're worth a billion dollars what do they really do is just picture sharing but what is it really they have people's time they have people's attention and people are actually active and engaged so what productivity really is it comes down to becoming active and engaged yourself so learning how to engage yourself learning how to become active yourself so the first thing in terms of work productivity and getting shit done that I think is very relevant to everyone listening to this right now is probably social media and email so every single person listening to me right now they got here through social media and email now I'll tell you right now social media and email are probably the number one cause of lack of productivity in today's entrepreneur so all of today's entrepreneurs they're on social media they're um, they're you know checking their email nonstop they're checking their notifications so one of the things that I did in my social media when I'm on social media it's it's you know it's I run a business so I need to be on social media but what I did is I turned off that news feed <laughs> And uh, this is going to bite me, come back and bite me, by the way, because everyone's going to turn off their newsfeed now um, and, like, not receive my notifications anymore. But I turned that shit off because it's very distracting. Uh, it trains your brain to come back over and over and respond to, like, useless junk. And it's just complete killer to productivity. And this has never happened before. Like, your brain is not used to dealing with this stuff. It's, it's insane because it, it's, it's like you're being trained like a dog to go to your Facebook notification and click on it over and over. And when you see a notification, you get, like, a little dopamine hit. It's, it's insane what, what those sites and social media does to people. So the number one thing, at least when you're working, like, switch that shit off. Switch off notifications. Switch off the news feed. There's apps for that. You can install plugins for Google Chrome for that just get that stuff out of your life when you're working uh, it'll prevent you from getting distracted it's uh, it's you know you're, you can't fight against it if it's turned on let's just say it like that <laughs> and another thing is I uh, removed it from my phone I do not have Facebook on my phone no one can message me on my phone anymore it's not possible at least not through Facebook so the next thing is in terms of email um, yeah, so the, the thing about email inbox, and, I, and I'm like also sitting against this on a weekly basis, but you need to empty your inbox. So f for most people, uh, it's better for your mental health, let's call it, to empty your email mailbox. Because your email mailbox is like a, a list of uh, stuff that is actually in your to-do list. You, you may not perceive it as such, but your email inbox your notifications all this these to-do lists they all combine into one big to-do list in, in your head and it's it's just clogging things up so that you cannot move forward with what you actually want to do imagine if you go in the middle of a forest and you sit in the middle of a forest and all there is is trees there's no phone there's nothing so if you're in the middle of a forest there's only trees and someone asks you what do you have to do in the next three to five years to build a business and you had to come up with the ideas yourself do you think you can do this even if you have no business experience or if you already have business experience someone asked you what would you have to do to come up 
to get to a billion dollars next 30 years in your business? Would you come up with the idea? Would you come up with a step-by-step -step plan? I think that the probability is a million times higher if you're literally in the middle of nowhere with absolutely no distractions because you have no other choice but to focus on that one single task. And I'm going to get into that a little bit deeper later on in this webinar. We're going to talk about flow and getting into the state of flow, which is a very powerful technique and skill that you can develop that will uh, multiply your productivity and your idea generation and just creativity times 10. And this can be used in business and jobs, et cetera, et cetera. It's extremely powerful technique. So we'll talk about that a little the bit later. The next thing I want to talk about is, um, so don't worry about the menial tasks. So in your work and in your day-to-day -day life, all the menial tasks that you have, that you need to do probably every single day, like going grocery shopping and, you know, uh, like cleaning and stuff like that. This can all be outsourced these days. Outsource, I mean, you can pay, pay someone to do that. In terms of grocery delivery, almost any country in the world, you can have your groceries delivered to your home for free, okay? You don't need to go grocery shopping anymore. Um, in terms of cleaning, if you pay someone 20 to $40 per week, they will come to your house and clean for hours you know, depending on the country you live in. Some countries, it's much cheaper than that. Uh, so why would you spend your time like cleaning the floors and all that kind of stuff? This kills productivity because you don't have to do that. It's not like a high money, high value task. As I said in one of my YouTube videos, my mentor has taught me to order all my tasks by money value and put the highest money value task on top of my to-do list at all times and work on that as a priority. And only spend 20% of my time working on the lower money tasks. This is a very powerful technique. Well, this applies in terms of like cleaning and grocery shopping and stuff like that. Like you don't want to be doing that at all. <laughs> it's it's one of those things for a couple of hundred dollars per month, uh, or in terms of groceries, you know, you don't even pay extra for that. So you just solve that stuff and you use that time to make more money, to build your business, to generate more revenue. So the thing in terms of business that I learned from one of my mentors is actually, and I also talk about this again in a recent video of mine, is to focus on the thing that generates the most revenue. So this isn't just like a little thing in your to-do list. It's more than that. It's actually a, a, a series of repetitive activities that, well, you can call them processes, that's what it's called in business, that generate the most money. So in your business, if you're already running a business, you need to identify what those tasks are for you on a daily basis. And for most people, it'll be marketing and sales. It just makes perfect sense that it's marketing and sales for most people. That's generally the most profitable tasks, the most profitable processes in your business. So what I'm talking about here is not just you focusing most of your time on that. Is It's also, if you're already running a business, hire people to take over all the little tasks and eventually hire people to take over even these tasks, okay? And help you with that, okay? I'm not saying you should get out of sales and marketing in your business. Those are like almost the highest level tasks you can do in your business, period. But you should, at, at the earliest possible opportunity, when you know how much money it takes to make more money, you need to hire people to help you multiply that um, process, okay? So multiply the process that generates the most revenue. Multiply the process 
that will make you the most money in your company. It just makes perfect sense. And yet so few business people who are at a six-figure mark or even five-figure mark have figured this out. This is the key to getting to seven figures. So another thing that is, um, I know I talk a lot about like get shit done and like work and work 12 hours a day and stuff like that. Uh, that's all great and it works, of course, naturally. But what you also want to be doing is to rejuvenate yourself. So it, what, what I used to do is I used to work 12 to 16 hours a day for like a year, more than a year. Uh, this is not healthy. This is not going to really help you out. Uh, what's going to happen if you do that is you're going to have a burnout. And if you keep doing that, it just burnout after burnout. It's like a repetitive cycle of burnouts that keep coming back. And you may be quite productive during those 12 to 16 hour work periods for maybe even a few weeks. That's how long it takes me to achieve that. <laughs> Three weeks of that and I'm done. Um, but uh, what, what happens when you get a burnout is you have a period of like maybe even a week where you have very low productivity, where you're performing only 20%. So all those three weeks of super high productivity get canceled out by that one burnout in one fell swoop. So be very, very careful. Just checking something. So uh, how can you rejuvenate yourself? How can you avoid this situation? So after focusing, and, and this is like you can do this micro and macro. So the micro solution is after focusing for 50 minutes while working, take a 10-minute break, okay? So every 50 minutes that you work, take 10 minutes off that you're doing something like, uh, I don't know, like staring at the wall. I'm exaggerating, of course, but just do some random thing that just relaxing and not work, uh, not checking emails, not checking Facebook, like just very relaxing activity like having a tea, having a drink, like uh, maybe reading a little light reading or something like that, or, or something like that, just as long as it's not work. Uh, that's the micro thing. That is the micro solution. In, in a ma macro. Is every few weeks, you need to go on a complete uh, relaxing, relax, like let's call it a complete relaxation tour, okay? So you go somewhere in the fucking forest somewhere, like just take a trip somewhere, and... Don't take internet with you because <laughs> most of you, I assume you want to work on the internet or you work on the internet or you spend most of your time on the internet. So take a complete relaxation trip where you're completely plugged out and the only thing you're doing is just like looking at trees, you know, or like meditating in the forest or walking up a hill. I know a lot of people are into rock climbing, great stuff. You can't use your phone while rock climbing, I hope. Uh, and if you do, I'm very impressed. So... <laughs> Um, that's like the macro thing and several times a year, take a trip every three, four months, take a trip. That's ex for an extended period of time and short term, like, you know, while you're gone, maybe that's not very productive. Maybe that's not very good for your business. Maybe you're not getting a lot of shit done. Probably you're not getting anything done, but hopefully by that time you have a team members or people helping out or assistants who help you, uh, get stuff done even while you're gone. Basically they take some projects and tasks over for you. And if you don't have that yet, well, then it's still worth it because you're going to come back and you're going to feel like much better. You're going to feel like you can get a lot more stuff done. Only do this if you're actually hustling your ass off. If you're doing like the 10, 12 hour work days, then it's worth going on like a significant 
three, four day holiday every three, four months. So that's like the macro solution that you apply over a period of time, not like on a daily basis, obviously. So, um, so the next thing you should do is limited time you spend in general. This is also like a macro solution here, uh, not in terms of relaxation, but in terms of productivity is limited time you spend watching random things on social media. As I said very early in this call, I blocked that stuff. I just blocked it. I have uh, a certain time allocated per day where I can go on YouTube and watch some random nonsense. But other than that, I it's just blocked. I cannot do that. It's better... You know, it's better to use your time proactively uh, to write a great social media post, for example. Okay, so if you're going to be on social media, it's better to use it productively, like write stuff, create stuff. In instead of consuming content, instead of like looking at stuff and just be like brain dead, like oh that's funny, oh that's funny. You know, it, it it that that stuff doesn't actually contribute to your life at all. That's not even relaxing. It's probably even for most people, it's even stressful to do that. Um, it's better to spend that time like, okay, well, I'm going to spend time on social media. I'm going to fucking write something. And then you write something and then, uh, you know, it, it, it actually contributes stuff. It's not just you doing brainless activities. It improves your writing skills, improves your social media management skills, et cetera, et cetera. And you can do this in any business, not just like personal brand and coaching and stuff like that. So, um, so less you should spend less than half an hour or even in some people's case, I guess, let's be realistic here, less than an hour per day on social media accounts, period. Because a lot of people, if you look at their social media, they're updating like 17 times per day. You know, that means that 17 times per day, they're completely interrupting whatever flow they're in, whatever they're doing. It's completely wrecked by this useless updating of social media. While you can do that in half an hour per day, and you can even add half an hour of content per day in something called Buffer App and then just post that for you at certain intervals. So you don't need to be there to post stuff. It's a waste of time. It's a huge time sink. Uh, social media is completely designed on every single level to suck every minute of your day out of your life and put it in social media because that's how they make money. They make money by forcing you like I mean forcing you know it's it's by course coercing you into spending time on their websites basically so another thing is when uh, now this is going to be shocking to some people I know uh, <laughs> so a lot of the work you do doesn't actually require internet so I'm going to ease you into this okay so uh, I know some of it seems like you need internet the whole time but a lot of the work doesn't actually require internet. So what you can do if you have Windows or Mac is uh, you can go down and you can turn off that little Wi-Fi thing so you're not connected to the internet while you're writing, while you're creating stuff, while you're creating a business plan or creating a video or whatever, whatever your business model is. When you're, when you're doing that, you don't actually need internet. And uh, if you're quite compulsive about using internet, which most people are, it can be a solution, you know, it can be a solution to turn off the internet. <laughs> just for, don't worry, just for a very short amount of time, not for half the day, just, you know, for a few hours. And that's it. I mean, you would be surprised how much shit you, you get done. 
you'd be surprised how much stuff you can get done when you turn off the internet for a few hours per day. It's, it's quite impressive. <laughs> uh, I was impressed myself. I was impressed myself. So um, in terms of multitasking, so if you put yourself in a quiet environment and you turn off the internet and you focus on one thing, and you're not trying to multitask, like, you know, writing something while checking your phone for text messages or like, you know, whatever email. Um, if, if you actually combine all those things and like kill multitasking, uh, then I mean, you're that alone, just this alone, you can just leave the webinar right now and just take this alone and that'll triple your productivity or more, probably times 10 even. I just don't want to say times 10 because no one will believe me, but it's true. It will fucking increase your productivity times three or even more. Okay. It's incredible. It's super, super effective. And most people, I'll be honest with you, most people are not willing to do this. They're just not willing to. They're just addicted to the dopamine hits and they're not willing to take the steps that are necessary. And once you do, once you decide to do this, I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's, I, I can't even describe what kind of change this makes in your life. Uh, and people will even come up to like, they'll tell you like, what the hell happened, man? You're so different because we're, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of like almost drug addicts. That's the way we are right now uh, with all this social media stuff. So, in terms of your body's rhythm, so another thing in productivity is knowing your bottom body's <laughs> your body's rhythm. English, forgetting it sometimes. So get to know your diet and how different types of food affect your energy levels and performance. Okay, this is very very important for me. If I eat a fucking pizza, and I'm sure this, you know, pretty much for the whole world, I, I heard there's 10% of people who can just eat carbs all day. You know, like pizza, white white fucking stuff like white bread and stuff and you can eat that all day and they don't get affected by that but for me if i eat a lot of carbs i am like a zombie i get like this insulin spike and it's like i feel like i'm in coffee and then after that, i'm like sleepy and it's like zombie mode and then i need more carbs to you know to continue the process it's the same kind of principle as with social media but with food it's very important to manage your food and to manage the energy levels and the effect it has on your life and on your mindset and on the way your brain works. Because your brain takes all that stuff as fuel, basically. If you feed your brain with crap, then you're going to get crap results. If you spend $20 a week, and I know it's crazy, but some people actually spend $20 a week on food, you're eating crap, <laughs> okay? No matter what country you're in, you're eating crap. Uh, maybe not every country in the world has expensive food prices, but in most countries, $20, you need to spend more on food, man. <laughs> even uh, even per day, I would spend something like $10 plus. Like, you need those vegetables. You need those high-quality proteins. You need the omega-3. You need all that stuff. I'll make a video soon on YouTube. It's going to be how I make my green smoothie. The hours after, if I get a green smoothie in the morning, my brain is like on fire if you don't know what a green smoothie is, I'll make a video about it soon. So it's basically like blended green vegetables mixed with some fruit and stuff and berries, forest berries. It's crazy. Your brain just explodes with energy, with creativity. Uh, it, it's it's absolutely mental. And it's good for your body as well. Whatever happens to your brain, you know, like a lot of that effect goes down to your body as well. Uh, I'm sure you're, you know, I'm sure you can imagine why that is if you read some books about uh, how biology works. So... You need to realize which types of food have that zombie effect on you 
and which types of food energize you the most and then improve your diet and of course schedule your meals i have two meals per day i do what's called intermittent fasting so i only eat during an eight hour slot uh in a day that's why i'm not you know fat <laughs> uh and it's very very effective so what what do you what you can do is you can schedule it at like when you wake up and at like i don't know like eight hours later whatever time you wake up i don't know when you wake up so that's very very effective and in the morning you do your hit of vegetables with some protein like eggs and stuff like that and in the evening you do like more meat and like a very balanced meal i even tend to do a large green smoothie in the morning and in the evening i do um like cooked vegetables because they they apparently there's a some people who say some studies that say you get different nutrients from cooked vegetables as opposed to just raw vegetables so i like to combine both just to get everything across the board uh and don't juice but blend very important when you're making smoothies so and uh yeah that that's very very effective i mean i i wouldn't be able to do any of the stuff that i do without doing this stuff it's very very powerful basically so another thing that works really well is finding mentors you will find that people who are in the position of being your mentor people who are in a position of like they achieved what you want to achieve they have their productivity handled they have this stuff already handled. like i've never met a very successful self-made person who doesn't have their productivity, daily schedule, daily routines, uh, diet, etc. handled. Okay, diet, maybe, you know, I met some guys who don't have their diet handled, they're still wealthy. But in general, they have their shit handled. Like, I met guys who are 50 years old, and they look 30, they behave, they, they have the energy levels of a 30-year-old, they run fucking marathons, uh, they, they're very successful, they run like a my mentor, one of my mentors runs a $57 million company. I mean, it's it's very, very powerful. So if you get this handled, even when you're 50, you're going to basically still have your shit handled if you establish these routines now, basically. And if you're 50 already watching this video, you're still good. You're fine. Just get it handled now. It's not too late. Your body still has time to adjust. If you're 80, uh, that's a different story probably. I'm not an expert, but uh, ask a doctor. <laughs> so... Another thing you can do is, in, mentors are, of course, very powerful. That's why I run a mastermind where I mentor people. It's very effective, and most of them get results. Most of them are able to start a business because we help them with their productivity. We help them with setting up these routines. So the next thing is, if you don't have a mentor or you're like, oh, I don't want a mentor, I already know all this shit. Well, then at the very least, do yourself a favor and team up with one of your friends in like uh, an accountability and productivity mini mastermind okay so just team up with someone and agree that you share three habits with each other or three tasks per week and then next week you follow up with each other and you say did you do your tasks i did my tasks and the person didn't do their task they have to give money to charity and like to a really shitty charity like the george w bush foundation or something i don't know i'm not you know i'm not an expert here but some charity that you may not like let's just say it like that <laughs> so and that way you're very motivated not to not to screw up you know you're because money's on the line and you know you, you it's 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 a different and, and if you do end up spending money it's you know it, it's it's still a charity so it's not that bad but it's not your favorite charity so it, it's kind of fucks with your head a little bit so that you become more productive so hold each other accountable and punish each other with donations 
by forcing each other to donate when you don't implement, when you don't get those three tasks done. And you have to commit to that. It's like sign a contract that you will do that. Sign a fucking contract and make it public. How about that? So, and make a video of yourself announcing it. <laughs> Whoever does this, um, the first person who does this makes a video of himself announcing it and actually executes for a week and provides me with proof, I will give you a one hour free coaching. So there you go, your opportunity to get one hour free coaching, valued at $300. So um, let's see, some other stuff I wanted to discuss. Um, so in terms of scheduling, in terms of scheduling, scheduling is very important. I have Google Calendar and I have everything scheduled. My whole day is scheduled and this is, this has really changed the way that I manage my whole week. It changed my productivity by a lot. It improved it, obviously. So most of us have these habits that make us lose time and productivity. And we have some habits that improve our productivity, improve our willpower, improve our results. So the habits that improve our results, improve our productivity, and so on, we want to get more of those, obviously, and remove the habits that are shit, right? So what you want to be doing is you want to get more, um, you want to schedule your whole week and put in all habits that you want to have and remove all the habits of your schedule. Like don't put that in your, in your calendar that you don't want to have. And in the beginning, I'll be honest with you, most likely, even if you put just a few habits, you're going to be able to follow them very carefully because it's hard to learn new stuff to uh, get a new rhythm, get a new momentum, get new habits. But eventually you want to move closer and closer to your ideal schedule. Okay. So your schedule may start out with like 17 things where you have your whole day scheduled. And by the way, once I started doing this, once I started scheduling every minute of my day, I immediately started making more money. Like it took me two weeks to, if, uh, if I remember correctly, double my income. And that was not so long ago. Uh, I have I even announced it online and it took me, um, two years to go from like, okay, at business to like really quite successful at business. Okay. So this really, really works. It's very, very, very powerful. Uh, so I highly encourage everyone to schedule in their whole day and put stuff into their schedule uh, for every minute of the day and keep yourself like as close to that schedule as possible. And also, you know, put in leisure time. You're not going to be working 17 hours a day. Let's be honest here. So be honest with yourself when making this. Otherwise, there's very little chance you're going to actually implement. So, so for, how can you how can you audit yourself? By the way, there's a powerful auditing technique. Is when you're and you can automate this with software as well. When you're starting off your day, start writing down for at least one or two days. Just write down every single task that you're doing the first you know, eight hours of the day, just write it down and identify all the different parts and how you can move them around better, how you can split them up better to become more productive. What you measure, you can improve. What you don't measure, you do not improve. Every successful company in the world measures and improves stuff based on data. And I teach this in my mastermind as well. It's very important that you measure and improve, measure and improve. Look at the data. Don't like go off memory. Don't go off like what you think happened. Measure and improve. Very, very effective. Uh, there's software out there that measures how you spend your time on your laptop, on your PC, on your, you know, spending your time online. 
go go install that and take a look at that. It's going to be eye-opening. I guarantee you that it was eye-opening for me. That's for sure. So, so basically, envision your ideal day to motivate you to work toward living it in real life. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about all these like uh, schedules and stuff like that. So, map your day and create a more productive schedule and work consistently towards matching your ideal and uh, have your goal for a, a ideal day schedule and slowly build up to that, okay? And explain the steps you're going to take. Like Visualize and explain. Visualize and explain. Announce it publicly. Write it in your journal. If you, I'm going to talk about journals a little bit later. But um, so uh, there's also a, a resource you can use, futureme.org. You can write a letter to yourself. Once you made a commitment, write a letter to yourself two years from now and remind yourself that commitment. Like, I committed today to doing this, this, and this. Look at your life now. Look how much it has improved. Look what you have achieved. Like, go and write yourself a full letter, like three, four pages, with all the little details. Visualize everything, how your ideal life will look like, and what you will, you know, have then. What you will have achieved. What your schedule looks like. What your ideal day looks like. Write it all down in futureme.org and send yourself an email in the future. And in the future... Uh, if you implement it and you read that email, it's going to feel real good. I can guarantee you that. You can post that, print it out, saying, look at all the stuff that I achieved. It's because I set out to do this. You're going to have proof. You're going to have proof for yourself and for other people as well. And, uh, you know, for whoever will be involved in your life in the future. Um, so in terms of mentorships and masterminds, uh, of course, you know, I recommend joining up, getting on that stuff. Uh, so get feedback from your mentors. Once you have your ideal day and all that stuff written out, get feedback from someone who's five years, 10 years ahead of you, see what they say. And as long as they're qualified, of course, and, uh, see, see what kind of feedback they have, see how they would adjust your schedule. Maybe they'll be like, what the hell is this? Here's a change. Here's a change. Here's a change. And then you're going to have a much more effective uh, strategy because a mentor gives you feedback someone who's already been there so he, he knows he can see through the bullshit basically that's the one of the jobs of a mentor so um, in terms of okay let's take a look here uh, so that that's in terms of like managing your schedules and stuff like that so let's talk about creativity and idea generation and really being effective in that that's also part of productivity so Lots of people get a great idea uh, while they're doing stuff like running or showering and stuff like that. And that's great, you know, like, like go run and shower every day. Yeah, that, that's a fantastic tip, right? That's what every freaking productivity coach in the world says. But what's when you need a specific idea on a specific problem that you need to zero in on, okay? So <laughs> there you need to use a little bit more of a targeted, a targeted approach where you can't just go and shower and hope some idea comes into your head or go run like jog. Although sometimes works and uh, you can add that to your schedule. Like anyone who doesn't shower, please go shower. And anyone who doesn't do sports, please go do sports. But let's talk about like really applicable stuff where you're laser targeting certain uh, things that you're working on and solving them. So the number one technique that I'd like to share with you today is the problem solving journal. Okay. So it's, it's, it's the journal will force you to learn how to write in a structured way. So it's like, so other people understand it, write as if you're writing for someone else. And, 
uh, it'll flex your idea muscle, which is the very important muscle you want to flex. And want, unless you want to be one of those 40 or 50 year old people who are like zombies and they can't get out of it ever again because they're just like dead on the inside from not using their brain for 20 years after they graduated high school or whatever. So if you don't want to become that, you need to keep flexing your idea muscle and keep getting out of your comfort zone. I'm sorry this is too forward to read or whatever, but that's you know been my experience with working with hundreds of people over the past uh, two years uh, and coaching them. So you, you want to be spending at least 10 minutes of your day, and I mean the, preferably the first 10 minutes when you have the most willpower, refining the problems and journaling about the problems you want to solve during that day or week or in general, okay? So you're going to have like very creative periods. Some people have creative periods at the end of the day as well, like at night. I used to be like that and I kind of switched over. Um, but it depends when, of course, but just figure out when that is for you and use that time at, to at least 10 minutes to write it out and work on the problems. So um, once you have like a list of these big issues you're looking to solve, start writing. Start writing under those ideas, like header, uh, how to get into shape, and start writing. Start writing out and no filter. Just write ideas, brainstorm, and see. Just, just what, what really matters is that your ideas flow freely and that you can write and really come up with a lot of stuff. That's what really matters. Later, you could zero in on stuff you actually like, uh, but you'll see that actually just by doing that, you'll get into like a state of flow that I'll discuss later in this webinar, and you're going to really come up with stuff you never even thought of. You're going to be surprised how smart you are. You're going to be surprised how much smarter you are compared to what your teachers told you in high school, than what your teachers told you in college, than what your whoever is in your life told you at any point. You're going to be surprised how smart you actually are. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually, everyone's always telling me, Alex, you're so smart, etc. I had like on all my exams in college I had fifty percent. You know, I'm not you know, I'm not like an A straight A student by any measure of of, of the term a <laughs> straight A student. So um you'll hit on something doing this and this is like a writing technique. Authors use this, copywriters use this. You'll hit on something that's like big and will change your life potentially. So do it. It's very effective. Um, so in terms of mapping your own mind, and let's talk about a little bit more about like mapping your own mind and getting ideas and stuff like that. So when you have put together uh, like the, 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 these journal entries, like some text that you wrote and all these ideas, like but when you have to do it, like where do you even start? You know, I know I gave you like some very specific pointers now, but there's so much information out there. There's so much. You're, we live in an information age. People now have hundreds of times more information than 20 years ago. You just have access to it instantly. So how do you order all that stuff? Okay. So the best way and the best way that works together with your mind and not against it is to use an idea map. So I mean a mind map basically. So whenever you have a large amount of material that you need to get organized in some way, you can use mind maps. There's all these tools online. Just type in mind map software on Google. You'll find them uh, or, you know, like mind map tool free or whatever. You'll find a bunch of them. So you'll you'll typically uh, find that when you use a mind map tool and you mind map something, in addition to journaling it, you mind map it. 
uh, you'll find that that's the way your brain works. It's a very natural way to get stuff ordered in your mind. It'll literally, it'll map your mind. It's like the map of your mind just by um, focusing on those issues and, and making it into like a, I mean, if you don't know what a mind map is, just Google it basically. It's just like a, uh, concepts and solutions linked together in like a and then like a 2D plane or even a 3D plane in some cases. And you can use this for anything. You can use this for problem solving. You can use this for generating new ideas, to starting your business, to uh, figure out your life. Like what the hell do you want to do with your life? Um, journaling and mind mapping, very powerful techniques. Definitely do that. I use videos personally, but you can use uh, these two techniques as well. So let's talk about flow. So this, I think, as a reward for you guys staying on the call for, for so long, I'm going to give you my best shit right now. So the state of flow is actually, it's. I mean, the technical definition is uh, an optimal state of consciousness where we feel, feel and perform at our best, okay? In this state, you're, you are super focused and more engaged in what you do. Have you ever experienced that where you're like, uh, like it can be in the shower or it can be like doing sports. Most people get it when they're in sports and they didn't, don't think anymore. Their mind is actually turned off and stuff just happens and it just works. Everything seems to work like magic, okay? In tennis, what you see when one of the players in, is in flow and the other one is not, like the one in flow is creating momentum, creating the game, and the one reacting, not in the state of flow, is losing. <laughs> so how do you, you know, how does this work? So flow, it amplifies all brain processes. So studying, creativity, lateral thinking, pattern recognition, even amplifies motivation. Anyone ever say, have you ever said or thought, uh, I feel not motivated? Well, guess what? The state of flow helps you get motivated. Uh, and it may be surprising when I tell you how to get in the state of flow. So you'll be surprised how to get motivated is how you get in the state of flow. I'll tell you that in a moment. So it's a mental state of ultimate performance. So for years, it's it's been uh, intuitively known by athletes and performers when, when they are at peak, perform, uh, peak performance state, they knew this like intuitively. But recently it's been put into scientific terms. They researched this uh, really deeply. So flow, it also helps you with mastery. So when you're on your path to mastery, Flow is one of your top tools. It's in the top three tools, basically, that you need to use when you're on your path to mastery. It'll cut your learning curve from 10,000 hours. You could cut your learning curve into like a year and a half, you know, like 3,000 hours, which is insane. Like, think about that. You can become a world-class expert in something in just a few, uh, you know, in a few years. That's crazy. It used to take people... Uh, it, I mean, it used to, you know, I mean, it, it takes some people 10,000 hours. You can do it in 3,000 uh, 3, hours. It's crazy. So the the response in your brain that really happens is it, it kind of enhances your learning, and it's pretty crazy. So a, a study done on uh, snipers when training target acquisition so that showed that while training in flow state, they learn twice as fast. That means that when in flow state, you can cut the learning curve by half, I mean, or more, even 70%. I, I read several studies, by the way, that I'm quoting here. So this is science, by the way. This is not some woo-woo bullshit. As you know, I don't talk about woo-woo stuff in my, in my content or in my webinars or in my mastermind or anything like that. So 
one of the writers, you can uh, look him up as Stephen Kotler. He talks about this. So um, how do you actually access the state of flow? So I guess this is the most important thing uh, for, for you because you know I want you to take something away that you implement from this call, from this webinar. I want you to implement this and get results in your life. I want you to cut your learning curve in half, not just you know think about it or put it in your like idea bank. I want you to actually do this. So here's how I actually do this. So flow takes place when all our focus is in the now. Now this is not some Eckhart Tolle stuff. This is not some like woo-woo stuff. Uh, let me explain, okay? So you have to first focus intensely on what you are doing at the present moment, and then flow state comes naturally. But that's not all. Emotionally, that flow state is found between boredom, uh, too, which is too little stimulation, and anxiety, too much stimulation. So flow state is somewhere in the middle. Now, most people don't notice it's quite like, uh, I guess it's maybe esoteric or whatever, but that's just the way it is. So to enter flow state, the challenge of the task, and it's also to beat motivation, to beat lack of motivation. So to enter flow state and to beat lack of motivation, I'll say it like this, the challenge of the task at hand has to slightly exceed your skill set so you can stretch your comfort zone, but not be, it's, it shouldn't be so hard that you collapse under the overwhelming task. So you need to be always slightly outside of your comfort zone to be in a state of flow, okay? That is how you do this. Um, if you're not in a state of flow, that means you're just doing the same repetitive shit over and over and not expanding your comfort zone. So before performing, uh, so, so be before, before getting like on stage to public speaking or before like going to a sporting event or before having to do a sales call or whatever it is you do in your business or in your life, you will find that, um, you may be like too tense to get into a state of flow. So you need to decrease that tenseness to a level between tenseness and boredom. And if you can do that, then you can get in a state of flow and then you'll feel, you'll see that you get the results, you get, you perform so better. how do you ways. do this? You need to, when you're like super tense and at the moment where you need to get on stage or do the hard task, before you do that, do some breathing exercises. Do like research some basic meditation. Just do some breathing exercises, and you'll see, you'll feel your anxiety decrease just enough to get into a state of flow. And that's where you want to be. That's where the magic happens. That's where you, the top performance happens, as I explained. So, what is flow in the business world? Okay. So, how does this apply to in the business world? You can apply this perfectly. So, companies that don't let their employees. Uh, level up and do more stuff and learn new things and move around in the company, they see that people are stuck in anti-flow. They just get bored basically and they can't do anything. Uh, so a company that wants to prevent this, a good company policy is to stimulate a culture of flow in their employees, okay? So you basically, and this applies also if you're an employee, if you're like starting a company or whatever, like move around in your company or move around your employees in your company and make it so people are always slightly outside of their comfort zone. And this makes all the difference basically, okay? If you don't do this, 
people will get bored and they quit their job or they become like these zombies that you see uh, sometimes in, in traffic or in the subway <laughs> coming back from their work. So a good company will let people move around. Even if they can be moved up and uh, promoted or whatever, they'll move them to a different department. They'll change their work slightly, they'll change their tasks slightly. And this increases the state of flow in a company. So to, to get into this super productive state and to get in state of flow and to really fuel your life with this, you need to always set goals that are 4% out of sight of what you can achieve, okay? And if you can keep doing this, you always achieve something and then you move to something that is four, you set a goal that's 4% more and then your skill level, you'll find that you keep getting into the state of flow and you keep getting into like super productive state and your life improves, your business improves, everything just improves uh, almost automatically, almost like on a daily basis. If you work on something 12, 10, 8 to 12 hours a day, you can set this on a daily basis. And you should set like your goals on a daily basis and medium term and long term as well. That way you're, uh, you have stuff to work up to. That's what goals are. You work up to something. And it's, it's, it's just like a self-perpetuating uh, upward spiral as opposed, to, as opposed to a downward spiral. So let's see. Um, do I want to mention anything else? Uh, oh, yeah. Again, yeah. So another thing is a lot of guys are focused on like this collecting the library of knowledge that I always talk or oh, sometimes talk about in my videos. And what happens is they they don't bounce their ideas off the real world. They really like are stuck in their head and they're stuck in theory. And what happens then is you lose productivity like crazy. It, you lose like 95% of your productivity if you do that. So you always need to test your ideas in the real world and make things work in the real world. If you do that, then you can make stuff work and you can, you know, you can actually get results. If you don't do that, if you just focus on just books and some fake stuff, then it doesn't actually, you know, you, you can't actually uh, get results. It, that's why I always talk about implementation and not so much about like, book learning and stuff like that. So you should be spending 80% of your time implementing and 20% of your time doing like, you know, books and learning and stuff like that. If that right. makes sense. Thanks everyone for attending. All right. This was our show for today. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. If you like it, I'll see you next time. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit vitkin.net. That's V-I-T-K-I-N.net. Thank you for listening to the show and see you next time.